when the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see no I won't be afraid oh I Just as long as you stand, stand by me. So darling, darling, stand by You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, your number one source for learning about the burdens of noblesse oblige. This is season four, episode four, covering chapters one through four of Final Fantasy Versus 13. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is... Mad Marcus, and you're never going to drop that joke, are you, the whole season? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how I feel about it. Play it by ear, Matt. What were okay. you telling me? The point of a podcast is to be flexible. Fuck you. <laughs> and I'm Phil Holmes, and I thought we were the number one podcast of the Resistance. No, it's We fine. still are. Well, what? Does Elon okay. Musk have a podcast now? Bus- is that what it is? Well, we haven't talked about busing yet, so how can that be true? Oh, oh, very <laughs> topical. Busing? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! I read the news, but Chris, but Chris, that's just a way to get kids to school. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that is a joke for very this week, and by the time this comes out, it's not going to be relevant. By the time this comes, uh, time travel back to June thirtieth, twenty nineteen, at seven o'clock in the morning. By the time yes. this comes out, the apocalypse will have happened, and this will be a relic. And no one will know what busting <laughs> is because schools will be closed. Will, will it be the actual podcast of the resistance? What's oh, a school? <laughs> uh, right. So we are starting the actual game. Finally, after all this, after like, what, like three episodes of this podcast. Uh, oh, sorry. So, we got to cancel this episode and go do an episode about the demo. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah we're not. We're not going to cover the demo. I played it. There's nothing in it. Yeah, even like story wise, it's just Noctis is a kid. Like I guess thirty seconds of stuff. Yeah, Noctis is a kid. Didn't have polio. Turns out. Don't you get to run on a table and stuff? Yeah, it's like a level lord thing. Ah, weird. So the game opens up with a quote, you know, text on screen. In a time unknown, only a prophecy keeps hope alive in people's hearts. When darkness veils the world, the King of Light shall come. Now, four brave warriors begin their journey, prepared to fight. What awaits the four, however, they do not know. And then we start Act One. The tale of the chosen king and a savior to the chosen star. I just gotta say, I was immediately very baffled by this video game, uh, because I was like, why is Shaggy surrounded by a sea of flames? What is happening right now? (laughs) And then I remembered I installed a bunch of mods and had to uninstall them. (laughs) Uh, i can see how that's very confusing i was like why is shaggy donald a goofy here (laughs) uh i still that that, better than kingdom hearts that that donald mod is probably still my favorite because of the fucking mech i did leave in the tuna snowmobile wait which donald mod uh so uh square enix put out a mod for the pc that replaces which one is it prompto or One of the characters with a uh, Donald, it, like driving a little mech suit, so that he's like people sized, uh, and it was uh, related to Kingdom Hearts. 
but it was an official square mod and it's very funny i'll put it in the show notes it's it's a fun image oh i did not have the one in the next two i had the hilarious one with no animations where he slides around on the ground oh that's weird very good why did you pick the bad one because it's funny in the cutscenes, matt (laughs) man ducktales got weird yeah sure did it got very very anime bill tell me about the intro so the game opens up with noctis surrounded by fire the camera turns and the boys roll in we see a giant on a throne with a wall of fire in front of it. The player runs Noctis forward and he gets blasted for 9999 fire damage, going down ablaze. Prompto runs over and smacks him until he puts the fire out. And Ignis calls to us from cover. Noctis begins limping over before Gladio rushes in and tackles him to safety. And the crew ducks down in the huddle as flames rush over their heads. Mm-hmm. Flames abate. Ignis pulls up. Noctis flashes blue like he got safe from being down, and they rush in. Green fades to white and says, before the fall. Yep, foreshadowing. Yep, and then the game opens on a cutscene of Luther. Hilariously, almost all of the cutscenes in this game are reused footage from Brotherhood. (laughs) Including this. Or the other. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they had to render it in actual graphics. Uh... The game opens on... That's not true, though. That's not what FMVs are, Matt. This is just a video. I mean, but it's not It's not like the anime, like, oh, whatever, no. A1 be, Productions oh, thing oh is what God, I mean. Imagine that. Imagine. I mean, if it's what game, Persona does. If the game opens with fucking Prompto getting ketchup everywhere. Oh, that would have been... That would have been something. <laughs> uh, that would have been... I can't tell better or worse. You know what? That, that's good. Well, that's kind of like a metaphor for this entire for this game. Is that it's a ketchup bottle that you smack it a few times and it, nothing will come out. Then all of a sudden, boom, everything's out. Uh huh. Oh, very you mean uh, perfect. That's also a metaphor for the release of the game. That's what exactly what I meant. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> I think you meant just the actual way the game plays. Oh no, no, I meant like sort of the production. Uh. So we open on an establishing shot of Lucis, the Wall of the Crystal's protection still over it, which is how we know that the king is still alive. Mm-hmm. And the camera cuts inside, and the boys are in front of Regis on the throne. He says, the time has come to leave with his blessing. We are to go in the grace of the gods, and Noctis turns and walks off without really saying anything or bowing, surprising his comrades who bow and follow. Mm-hmm. So... Once they uh, leave the, on the outside of the palace, the squad lectures him about protocol, and uh, somebody calls Noctis's name from behind, and we see that it is King Regis limping down from the stairs. Regis tells him that he places a great burden on those that guide him, he, him being Noctis. And Regis asks the squad not to protect uh, Noctis, but merely to remain by his side. And Gladio says that they will see him to Altitian no matter what. Noctis cuts off the conversation. It says it's time to go. And then Regis tells Noctis to mind his manners around his bride-to-be, which is very funny. Uh, Noctis says, same to you. Be nice to the guests from Niflheim. So this is the time right right before the treaty (laughs) signing. Which, by the way, I, like, rolled my eyes really hard at this cutscene because it puts really, like, when you see Regis standing next to Noctis, which we didn't see in any of the media thus far. He's so tall. It's so... Well, not just that, but, like, the faces are so different because Regis looks like a dude. 
And then Noctis looks like an anime. It's and it's so good. obvious. It's yeah, you, you see the picture of them together. It's so obvious that they're drawn by different people. Like it's completely different. It's in Sesame Street when someone interacts with Elmo. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird. And it's such a weird decision to do that. Like pick a style and stick with it. Don't make some people photorealistic Sorry. and then other people cartoonish. Hey Gladio, what's the word of the day? Are we doing this again? <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you mean again? This uh, is OC. No one's ever thought of this. Wait. <laughs> I thought we did this last week, or am I thinking of SGDQ? I'm uh, probably thinking of SGDQ. Because uh, uh, uh. they did literally that. Oh, god damn it. Nothing's yeah, original. They hit three million, by the way. That's why I'm so tired, because I stayed up to watch it. <laughs> it was crazy. I was watching Fighter Fest. How was that? It's better than WWE. Cool. It's funny because they leaned into like it's called Fighter Fest with a F Y T E R, and it's like the uh, whole, half the thing's a parody of Fire Festival. Oh, god! Actually, that's kind of funny. Actually, I I could get into that, but like, I, like it was supposed yeah. to be a pool party there, and they had like a little kiddie pool. Oh boy! Anyway, it's, it's pretty funny. Wrestling is an interesting thing. Wrestling is garbage and stupid and fun. It's for people who want to watch anime but think they're too good for anime. No, it's for people that want to watch live action anime. <laughs> yeah, that's more or less right. Anyway, so Regis tells him that once he leaves, uh, Noctis leaves, he cannot turn back and go back to Insomnia. And he needs to know that Noctis knows this and is ready to go. And Noctis says he'll he's as ready as he'll ever be. And he's pretty, pretty being pretty nonchalant about it. Well, uh, Re- well, Noctis is still at this point pretty pissed about the whole uh, treaty to begin with. I don't, I'm getting that error here. You know, I don't... I thought it was just Prince being, you know, a surly teenager and, like, being told what to do and not liking it. Well, I think that's why than, he made like, the I don't com- know how wary... I don't know how wary he is of the treaty because he doesn't talk about it. Well, really. I think he made the... That, if you see, like, he made the comment, like, be nice to the guest from Niflheim. Oh, sure, sure. I yeah, think that's, that's what they were getting at. Well, he definitely still believes that the treaty is legit and gonna happen. So for him, he's he most gonna happen, but he thinks it's also garbage. He's mostly excited to be out of the weight of the like royal responsibility as some dialogue I wrote down later comes through. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I got a feeling like because like that's the whole point of Noctis's journey is uh, you know him learning to uh, you know be a king and stop being a petulant you know prince. Can't be a petulant king instead. Yeah, he'll be eventually. <laughs> exactly. It's a big difference. Anyway, Regis says, take care. The royal line goes with you. Hint, hint. Uh, walk tall, my son. And then it cuts to black. And then we actually depart. Yeah. begin chapter one so the game opens on a car driving down the highway drives comes and drives by the regalia with the crew sitting around it gladius says they can forget about hitching their way there ignis says they can only go as far as only go so far on the kindness of strangers and the camera swings around to prompto laying on the ground beneath the car and he says i've already pushed myself to the brink of death Gladio kicks him up, and we begin pushing the car. I love that. And he, 
<laughs> You're really into Prompto, and I, I, I'm very surprised by this. Prompto is my sweet boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's your, he's your, uh, he's your sweet tart. No. <laughs> uh, they start pushing the car, and then the first uh, bars of "Stand by Me" start playing. Yes, it's the Florence of the Machine cover, which opens up uh, every episode yeah, it, of this it, season. It's actually per- like this is actually a pretty good set piece because it's just so. St- like dumb that it works. There's some very good timing on some string music from Phil's child that I thought that was playing music out of his phone. <laughs> Why would I? Uh, that actually be pretty funny. I should probably get a soundboard. That would be fun. I don't know how that would work. It says hell yeah. All the buttons say hell yeah. Uh huh. You'd have an iPad. Pl- you'd have an iPad plugged into your interface. Is how it works. Yeah, that's probably the best. I mean, I or, or I could just you know what. I don't know. I don't want to like put VSTs up in this in this podcast right now. But yeah, no, it's a it's a good little scene and like it's you've probably seen I think it was in a trailer. I remember being aware of this before the game starts or before the game came out. I was not aware of this at all. So th- it was just what I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's it's totally very weird, especially like when you know how th- there's a weird tonal dissonance in this game where serious shit is happening but also you're palling around with your pals and this is definitely the start of so oh, this is what the game's actually about is this that that's life bunch of sheer, serious shit's happening but you're palling around with your pals yeah that's true but it, as a piece of media it makes it confused we're all slowly <laughs> roasting to death and yet we're podcasting about video games <laughs> we're adding to the entropy yeah but i don't care Oh man, I'm, my computer is putting out so much CO2 right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, my computer is fucking burning up. I need to get a new one. Don't get anyway. a, get a real computer. <laughs> anyway, the boys uh, start bantering about how it's a bad start to the trip, and Gladio hopes it's not an omen. Hint, it is. Yes, it totally is. <laughs> this banter between them, which really sells how lived in their friendship is already, and they express disbelief at how far away the nearest town is, having never left the city on their own. They have a map of the world, and he's like, it's literally right next to it on the map. I mean, here's the thing, though. How does Gladio How does Gladio have survival skills if he's not been outside the city? Very good at panhandling. Okay. <laughs> he's just, like, digging up fucking herbs out of, like, you know, the concrete. He, he was very good at Daisy. Somebody else's garden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be something like urban foraging, and you're just, like, busting into everyone's, like, little... Like fucking tomato <laughs> plants and You're like scaling plants. the outside of their house to get to their balcony garden, dude. If that's the case, he should have started way higher than level one. That's some like level four shit. <laughs> Mirror's Edge Two Urban Foraging. <laughs> I think there was a Mirror's Edge Two, wasn't there? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, it was that forgettable. Ah uh, man, it was way better than the first one, but no one cared. Yeah, I think I own the first one. I just haven't played it yet. It's coming up for WAF. Makes me so sick when I play it. Same. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> just the movement's a little bit nauseating. The segment ends with Noct saying the world's a big place. And the camera rises up so we can see the world stretching out into the horizon, and the title card fades in. And mm-hmm. not before they start bantering about, it's my turn to, like, it's my turn to drive. Like, you drove last time. I need a break. <laughs> And by drive, they really just mean steer. Yeah. <laughs> Steering down the straight road. Uh-huh. Uh. So 
The camera fades up and the crew is at the garage. A sign says Hammerhead and Cindy shows up and is the worst. Uh-huh. She congratulates him on... She's a very good representative of the female race. <laughs> it, that's I not mean, true. She's very, she survives. She is, she is Daisy Duke. Like, uh-huh. that's just... That's just it. Like, she's got a southern drawl, like a very Tennessee southern drawl. And she's like that song, Daisy Dukes and Cars. Come on. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And she's got, yeah, she's basically wearing, like, you know, jean shorts and, like, this little half jacket, racer jacket over a bikini. And it's very obvious she's wearing a bikini. And there's a lot of cleavage, and it's bad. Mm hmm. It's just, uh, that's the only thing bad about her, really. Like, is her design like otherwise she's as least i've seen she hasn't done anything really that bad like, she just like I, I'll, I'll like i would forgive the clothing design if it was like an incredibly hot climate and it looks like it but then you see everybody else is dressed in normal clothes like oh okay i mean also she's still wearing like i guess you know she's so mechanic she should be wearing like the mechanic jumpsuit you know so you don't get like motor oil all over yourself yeah, hot motor oil is not fun to get on yourself. Yeah, she is dirty too. Her model does have like, uh, like, like stuff on it because she's been working on cars. Can I interest you in some clean faces mods, Matt? <laughs> I don't care about the face. <laughs> clean face. That's, All right, can you interest joke. you in a clean cleavage mod? <laughs> that was, that's a Skyrim joke, Matt. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't, I know nothing about Skyrim. It's part I of your those... jerk off to anime cat ladies mod suite. All right. Oh, okay. All right, so let, I'll bookmark that for later. Let's start. So the game opens up. With... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cindy's gonna fix your car, and her father is Sid. So there's a Sid and a Cindy. I, you know, I didn't realize there was also a Sid, but uh, Sid is a a grumpy old dude. Also, very, we all are. Yeah, it's true. Although he he feels less Tennessee and more uh like Southern Appalachia for some reason. I don't know. He, he also he's has... Uncle, uh, he's Uncle Jesse. Yeah, yeah. And not, not the other Uncle Jesse. How many Uncle Jesses are there? Two. There's the one from Full House, and there's the one from... Uh, from I, I assume uh, you did Duke not mean the Full House one, because, yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have made any sense. I know, I just wanted to, I wanted to be clear. Yeah. But anyway, he, he's unimpressed with Noctis. He, like, gives him, like, an up-and-down look, and, uh, like, sort of berates him from having run down the car... And he says it'll take a while, so go ahead, push the guitar, and, you know, fuck off for a little bit. And you can walk around Hammerhead, uh, the first little uh, hub area. Well, not hub area, but, like, outpost that you go to. Yeah. So the in-game almanac describes Hammerhead as a pit stop situated in the easternmost reaches of the Lucian continent. Owned and operated by the Crown City-born mechanic Sid Sophiar and his grease monkey granddaughter Cindy Orham. Webster's defines Hammerhead. As... <laughs> uh-huh. Do you know what kind of bugs me about this is the, uh, so much of the naming conventions here is Latin, but Sophiar is definitely of Greek origin because of the PH. That's Settle weird. down, Paul. <laughs> 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 That's a joke for like two people, Chris. The reference well, he, to two people. Well, he's not here, so we had somebody had to sub in for him. It's not so, that uh, Paul. <laughs> it was a different Paul. We're we're talking Paul uh Paul Ryan. Lion, not uh yeah, Paul Ryan. The, the Paul Ryan of Duckfeed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was not what I that was a little harsher than I <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's appalling. 
Uh, wow. Oh, God. Well done. Oh, well God. done. <laughs> In here, there are some local quest lines. You could pick up quests from uh, a guy named Taka. He is the owner and operator of the diner, and he offers a series of quests to go out and gather ingredients for the diner. Like, how is your business still even fucking open, my guy? Uh-huh. He gives you uh, ingredients that you wouldn't get until later in the game, like way later, so you can do some high, higher level recipes early. You can do quests for Cindy. Uh, Cindy sends you out to go get items that can be used to upgrade the regalia. And uh, these are worth doing as soon as possible because they do things like make you go faster because of your aerodynamic wax or whatever. And uh, uh, use <laughs> gas mileage. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Do them right away. I, I did not. And I kind of regret it now. You should. They're great. Uh, you can do quests for Sid. Uh, Sid will upgrade the machine and uh, machine weapons you sometimes get from Imperials if you bring him the right stuff. Uh, after giving him the weapon, you'll get a call later. I believe it is after you do a quest and rest. Uh, you'll get a call from him to come and pick the upgraded weapon up. Ah, yes, the good old quest and rest. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, they give you a quest in order to uh, sort of speed this along so you don't, you know, fumble around. After that, we can uh, explore the rest stop area uh, when we talk to Cindy. She gives us the world map and which why did they leave the city without a world map? Like, I feel like they didn't they have a map before. Uh huh. I didn't think of that until we were doing this intro podcast. And then I'm like, hmm. No, see, all they had was a map to the next city. I mean, what if they had just like, oh, here's the royal tapestry of the continent. And that's what they were using as their map. Oh, it's like the banner saga. Uh-huh. So it's just like, here's this ornamental thing that's really just showing our wealth and importance. But here, use this to find your fucking way to the to Altitia. No crown city occupied half the continent. <laughs> it's like, there's no legends on this thing. You know, they have no far, no idea how far each dot is on, the, on that map. Wow, way to downplay Regis's accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, but then again, they knew where a hammerhead was, and that's that place looks like it sprung up overnight. Yeah, I mean, it's like literally like down the road. It's the first thing. Anyway, so yeah, the game um, makes us go see the uh, the tipster in the diner and we can catch uh, Prompto hanging out in a in the convenience store and he's surprised that they have a coffee drink. So I guess it's a canned coffee, right? Like, no, it's like a it's like a monster Java. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a coffee. Oh, it's like coffee energy drink. Yeah, those yeah. are those are big in Japan. I'll probably try. I'm going to go to Japan soon, and like I'm going to try it. I'm probably going to be disappointed because it's get, fucking get canned all coffee. The weird energy drinks. Yeah, I'm going to get all like the weird energy drinks. Try all the weird Kit Kats. You know the usual. And uh, and Ignis, is it? Uh, it's prompto. Ignis that's con- prompto's confused about what money is. Yeah, he goes. What he's, he's like? Oh, look at this energy drink. And he looks at the label and goes, well, "What's a gill?" I mean, that's very <laughs> funny, but also Prompto's the one out of all of them that should know what money is, right? Because, like, he's not a noble. He was just a dude. He used to buy fast food. He used to buy fast food. But, like, the only thing I can think of is Gil is their, mo- like, a, a different Gil yeah. is used for the Empire's mon- currency, maybe? Uh, I and guess. Grunt, I, all I have with me are these Zenny. <laughs> You know, actually, I kind of like that as an explanation, but it's too bad the game wasn't smart enough to tell you that. Nope. The game's not smart <laughs> enough to do a lot of things. And also, if you open the menu, you have some gill. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you leave, like, I guess that's why they only gave them, like, I think, when do you start off with, like, 2,000 gill? Like, it's not a lot. I don't know. I had, like, 70,000. 
What? I'm, pl- I'm playing New Game Plus. New Game Plus. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. Yeah, because like I haven't really had all like more than like maybe five thousand gil at one time so far in this game, but I haven't sold my monster parts. Are you gonna buy the CDs? I I haven't even found the CDs yet. Where where the, do you buy this? Anywhere you can buy like potions and stuff, there are tabs. So like the first convenience oh, store has okay. like memories of Final Fantasy twelve and six, I think. Okay, yeah, because like I don't I wanna at least hear the soundtrack to this game, so at least I know what songs to put where in this podcast, because otherwise uh, you, you mostly drive in silence. I'll just listen to Final Fantasy or or else I'll just like or drive in silence. Yeah, because you know, just hit hit drive and then like just read a book for like five minutes hell yeah <laughs> multitasking yeah but then your car crashes and oh wait you're talking it about does not yeah well ignis is driving so ignis stops us and says that we they have spent all their money on the repairs and they should talk to cindy starting the crest the, the, the crest the quest the pauper prince you can ask cindy for a discount and she says that this must be what sid meant when she said they were going to teach us a lesson or when he said he was they were when he said he was going to teach us a lesson, I no one read that. over this. Is that one of those like dialogue prompt choices thing yeah. Yeah. that pop up? Okay, yeah, because I don't know if we've mentioned, but that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, it really just de- determines what the next line will be and who gets XP. Mm-hmm. Not true. There's one other part where you get to do something else. Well, you get to make a choice, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, it's mostly just for flavor, and yeah, if you ch- pick a quote unquote good option, you might get like an extra item or. XP or, XP or a or quest. They they are less funny than the thirteen two ones. <laughs> They're less funny. Yeah, yeah. The thirteen two ones were very good. Yeah, because there was always like the stupid one. <laughs> Nothing about thirteen two was good. Uh. Anyway, Cindy offers to pay for uh, pay us for taking care of some local trouble, but not to go out at night. She gives us just enough to rent a trailer for the night. The crew heads out for the first t- in the morning for the first taste of combat. While out taking care of pests, there's some discussion about our plans. Our destination is Dalden Key to take a uh, boat to Lestalem for the wedding. After killing the last of the monsters, Noctis gets a call from Cindy on his cell. Uh, she needs us to go find a man named Dave who's not here. <laughs> After an ambush by some monsters, we find Dave, who got trapped in a shack by monsters after he sprained his ankle hunting a mutated redhorn, which is like a large... Dave's not here. Yeah, I know. That was the joke I was making. I know. I'm... I said that. Come on. Don't Come ruin on, this for me. playing with it? Cut that yeah. out, Matt. No. <laughs> no. We offer to go kill it and do... This is probably a bigger battle. I killed this thing in one hit, but I think it goes on for like a couple minutes. I mean, yeah, you're not really it's statted. Stuff. Yeah, it, you're not statted enough to like one shot or like two shot these things. So it takes a little while, but it's not like a big epic battle. You're you're not likely to die. By the way, that cutscene where Noctis is reading a note and somehow there are like 12 dogs. His homies are fighting with guns that he didn't notice is very funny. Yeah, there's some weird stuff like that that <laughs> happens throughout this game. But like, Prompto literally fights with a gun. How did you not notice you were under attack? Like, here's the thing that happens all the time when I'm just driving around it or just running around is that somebody shouts, Imperials ahead! And I don't see anything, and I just keep going. <laughs> and it's very jarring every time it happens. That usually means there's an airship coming up from behind you or directly above you because cars like dogs can't look up. <laughs> Dogs can look up. Uh, 
So we find Dave, we take care of the thing, and Cindy calls us and tells us that the cart repairs are done, and as we approach the hammerhead, an enormous bird flies overhead. It's very annoying because they made me get off my chocobo to look at this cutscene, and then I had to get back on my chocobo. Mm-hmm. We get back, pick up a car, Cindy takes a group photo of us doing, like, sentai poses around it, and uh, that makes it sound way more dramatic than it is. <laughs> Although I kind of wish you would lean into it and go all Ginyu Force with it. Uh-huh. Th- that would have been fun. But, alas. She gives us the delivery to make at a motel on our way to Golden Key. I forgot what the name of the motel is, so I didn't write anything down about it. And we... I don't, think, I don't think there is anything really to say about it. It's just a motel. Yeah, it's just like a little... Pit, another like a... Just like a Roy Rogers there or whatever. Yeah. Roy Prompto. Rogers. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, no, there's, there's no, a Roy I, Rogers. I know what a Roy Rogers is. I just nobody, nobody talks about Roy Rogers. Nope. Does that make it the good Arby's or the bad Arby's? It's where you get sex workers. Oh, so the good Arby's. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> they have the meats. Oh no, uh, <laughs> the bad Arby's. Prompto is sad to leave because he is so thirsty for Sydney and uh, he gets to the motel, drop the package off, and a dog runs up. It's Noctis's dog, Umbra. Uh, Prompto doesn't know who this dog is, which is very hilarious. Right, because we should, he should know... <laughs> oh, God, like, the continuity <laughs> errors are already piling up. Yeah. You mean they didn't care about this anime? <laughs> I, or just that they're very lazy or about how game? to plot push the plot forward. Like, he, yeah. We get a cutscene of young Noxus and Lady Luna Freya. She gives him this, like, scrapbook journal thing and says, here, take it. I want you to write in it and send it back. And Noctis writes in it. Uh, she says, I'm looking forward to see you. And you can just write, got it, in there. Ten four. <laughs> you, can, you can write, I'm looking forward cool. to finally seeing you again. Or also, got it. <laughs> God. Uh, like that—that's the funniest thing about like these like dialogue choice things is that usually there's one that's like okay, that's clearly the right choice, and the other two are just like, why would you say that, Roger? <laughs> I know that's nice, I guess. Knock <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just writes that it gives it to Umbra, who runs off to deliver it, uh, having dropped off our package at the motel, which the guy just very assumingly takes out of our trunk without our permission. The group heads to Golden Key. Golden Key, according to the Almanac, is a seaside resort on Vanith Coast in southern Leed. Uh, while currently the kingdom's premier resort, Golden was a f- quiet fishing town until Niflheim made inroads into Lucian territory 150 years ago. So ap- apparently this war has been sort of ongoing for a long ass time. Like there's been a long running conflict. Yeah, uh, like a hundred and some years, like almost two. They didn't have an exit strategy. It, it doesn't. I don't know. For some reason, the way they set this up, like, I don't really get a sense that they've been at war or at least in tension for that long. Well, 
they conquered the entire continent. They're coming from the opposite side of Lucis. Lucis is the last yeah. one to go. Yeah, it's that's that's a long ass time to be at a war. Yeesh. So this effectively put all <coughs> our lands outside of the Crown City uh, <laughs> under imperial control. I caught that, Chris. I already I made that joke. From Fuck. from then on. <laughs> From then on, the village became a trading post. Killing all these white people in the desert. <laughs> anyway, so like, yeah, it's it's a place. It's near water. You go to it. You're supposed to take a boat. And it's a resort. It's a resort town. It when it's lost its strategic value, it gained in culture, drawing heavily from Altitian immigrants. And it's like tiny. It's it's like literally one one section. There's really nothing there, which is the thing that's confusing about it. Nope, the only real town you go to is supposed to be a city. Things are very skilled done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it would have been cool if it was, like, a whole, like, little, or, like, even a small resort town, but it definitely doesn't feel like, uh... The description. Yeah. It should be, like, the size of Lestalem, and Lestalem should be, like, Baldur's Gate. Yes, what you said. <laughs> uh, and there's a there's a local quest line here. Uh, wait, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. There's There's... <laughs> There's an interesting <laughs> character we've we've we mentioned last episode in brief, but yeah, we'll talk about him. All right. So when we arrive at Golden Key, a man interrupts us, he tells us there are no boats available. He flicks a coin at us, and Gladio catches it out of the air. He calls himself a man of no consequence. We go to the dock to see if it's truly closed, and there are no boats. We are accosted by a man named Dino, Dino, who, says, who gives us an offer we can't refuse. Yeah, because it's the main plot. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Ridiculous. Uh, he says he can hook us up if we get him some gemstones. He's going to use his press connections to get us across the lake. Yes. I don't know if that, that's how that works. He also says if we don't help him, he'll tell everyone where we are and who we are. Mm-hmm. So it's extortion. Yeah. Like, uh, like th- this is the see, see. This is why. This is why the the media are the enemy, right, Chris? Yep. Fake news. The failing uh. Lucian times. <laughs> Look, you know, if only like Trump was making uh, like the Washington Post rich, then the Washington Post would be nice to him. Their articles can't even pay their salaries, and they have to go get gemstones. Sad. <laughs> uh. I, I I laugh so not to cry. Yeah. Are you saying you're feeling sad? Yes. All caps. Period. And a period. <laughs> so we head off to get the gemstone, and there's some banter in the car. Ignis tells him his royal, royal rank carries little weight outside the city. That's, That's that like not true, me. though. <laughs> well, one, it's not true. And two, like, we treat royalty better here than they do in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. in all fairness, if the queen, if if the UK was protected by a magic crystal whose powers were channeled by the queen, we might feel a little differently about her. How do we know that's not the case? Oh, oh because Brexit is happening. <laughs> the sun never sets on the British Isles or else the demons come out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's. Hey, wait, Chris, like, are you really J.K. Rowling? Because... <laughs> I have some Sounds feelings like about a... trans people. I need to get out. Oh, yikes. Yikes. <sighs> anyway. Nock just says he's glad that his uh, royal rank is not weighing him down outside the city. 
So we drive to the quest location, get there, do some mountain climbing, and find out that the gems are in the nest of that fuck-off bird monster from earlier. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, we sneak by, it wakes up and flies off without seeing us. I was very disappointed because you can kill this thing later and I wanted to do it right now. Oh yeah, it's just you're over-leveled. Yeah, I would have gotten probably By over-leveled, you squashed. mean level 100. That is over-leveled. Everyone is relieved and Noctis grabs the gems and head back. Dino tells us he is an amateur jeweler and uh, he tells us that the coin the man gave us is an Oracle Ascension coin from Niflheim and that the man was handing them out to everyone. Yeah, and we, we didn't mention, but he, the guy was wearing a trilby. Not at know. this moment. Oh, he's not wearing it when he first shows up? No. Oh, I forgot. He's not wearing it until, like, you find out who he is. This raises Ignis' suspicion, and then we ask Dino about the boat and have to rest for the evening while waiting for the boat to be repaired. It's very funny. You do this task for him and then expect the boat to magically appear instantly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what, like... The Mr. The Press was going to do to make the boat show up. <laughs> just pull off the invisibility cloak. He's <laughs> like, the boat's been here the whole time. Uh, He's going to report to you where it is. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, uh, we get a cutscene back in the city of Lucis, and we see an explosion of the roof of the of the Royal Palace. The crystal wall goes down. We see a battle in the Citadel. Uh, and we see Regis uh, get stabbed and die. And by General Glaucoma. Yes, he, he was put in a glaucoma. What is and... his name? Oh, God. <laughs> Glauca. <laughs> yeah, Glauca. There you go. Glauca. Glauca. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we see, so we see the destruction of Insomnia. Like, this is all stuff from Kingsclave. However, like, I would say, like, go and look this up if you've, like, watched Kingsclave. It, like it's so un like lazily done and underwhelming. Like this does not sell the sense of scale at all. It feels very odd. To, yeah. to be fair, mo all, everything around this is pretty amateur. I mean, like, look, even like like as terrible as King's Glaive was, at least sold me how serious shit was going down. And this That's just true. feels like they th the way they like cut these scenes together and like did it so quickly and so like it feels so like. Like, if I had not watched Kingsglaive, I would be very confused as to how any of that happened. I didn't watch Kingsglaive, and I didn't remember this until this, play this second playthrough. Yeah, no, it's it's really just glossed over super fast and just does not, like, yeah, it's 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 really terrible. It's uniquely it looks, terrible. It actually looks like it's a dream sequence. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah, it fading does. in and out without any sound. Like, there's music, but there's no, like, sound effects. And also, like, you definitely think it's a dream when there's, like, a giant whale monster that you've never seen before and will never see again. Yeah, no, this is, like, really, really rough storytelling right here. Like, they could have done so much better even with the King's Glaive stuff they had. Uh -huh. Well, it feels like yeah, they, they could have shown Nyx. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't want to do that because if they did that, then people <laughs> wouldn't watch the uh, King's Glaive. You know what? Like, they could have just left Nyx in there and it wouldn't have mattered because nobody would have cared. It would have been like, oh, he's just one of those guards fighting one of those dudes. Or, hey, it's that guy from that thing. But, nope. They just did this really lazy editing. They could have shown the guy throwing the crutch and that would have been all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If you're going to do it, it so right, you gotta have like at least... He throws the crutch at Regis and that's how Regis dies. <laughs> <laughs> crutch to death. Uh... That would have been... Someone make that edit. 
It was a real crutch throw. Uh-huh. 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 A crutching defeat. Uh, God, we're going to be here all day in this fucking episode. But Noctis wakes up. Fuck you. I had to play all of this and write these notes yesterday. Well, that's your fault. Anyway, uh, yeah, Noctis wakes up and uh, Ignis uh, is not there. You do some trivia to figure out where he is. Yeah, he wanted to do the crossword puzzle, so he came back with a newspaper. I can't believe you missed my Mario is missing joke. I not played that game. I know nothing about it. You're better off. It's Carmen San Diego, but Mario. I no yeah, Carmen San Diego is fun. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> well, Carmen San Diego had a better TV show. At any rate, Ignis has the newspaper, and it shows uh, the fall, like on page one above the fold. Uh, it shows the fall of insomnia and mentions that the king is dead. And Noctis doesn't believe it at first, like, w- which I think like that's a fair reaction. Like, we need to, you know, got to verify that to be true. But after a bit of discussion, the crew decides to go ahead and find out for themselves whether or not it's true. And the game then cuts to the car on the way back, driving on the way back to insomnia. And the crew is obviously upset and angry about the news that they got. They're sort of they're holding out hope that it isn't true but the closer they get they they see more imperial troops and uh, dreadnoughts flying overhead and there is an inspection point there's a uh, imperial inspection point and Ignis just pulls off the side of the road and you could just walk right around it which uh-huh. is great very good like <laughs> not even past a wall through a fence they can see you drive by yeah yeah it's it's so close like Nobody just thought to be like, oh, you know what? You can just kind of go around here. This is assume no one could off-road. Look, look, the Imperials respect sovereign borders. You, maybe people told them that the Insomnia is not ready to go off-road yet, so they didn't expect the Insomnia to go off-road. Joke's on you, I had a monster truck. I mean, at that point, you did. By the way, I'm mad that they take away your jet. Oh, they do? Yeah, they take away your jet. Yeah, in New Game Plus. Why? So you can't just skip the whole game because there's a bunch of, like, things scripted to happen on the road. That sucks. It does suck. Yeah, because it'd be very funny. Like, I would love to see, like, a, you know, like, World of Ruin style, like, do anything. Like, fucking with the plot if you could just fly over all the triggers. I mean, you can. That would can. be a lot of fun. Uh, if you talk to your dog at hotels at a certain point, your dog lets you time travel back to previous right. points in the story. No, I, I meant, like... Yeah, yeah, I I knew about that, but I mean, like in New Game Plus, like say on a speed run, you just play everything out of order because you know it's like that airship glitch in a uh, Final Fantasy VI. I don't know about that because I don't play bad games. <sighs> play Final well, Fantasy thirteen. Basically, if you you can get to uh, you can confuse the game into giving you an airship before you're supposed to have it, and then you could fly anywhere in the map, and there are just stuff that you can access that isn't like. Isn't supposed to happen until like say after uh, the world's destroyed halfway through that game. So like it's it's just a fun glitch where it's like wow the nobody expected a player to like play this far into the game without saving. <laughs> you know you have to play like four hours like without saving in order to get it to work. Anyway, yeah. So they they get by the inspection point. Uh, we pull over. You can see the uh, smoking remnants of insomnia in the distance. Prompto's checking his phone, watching the news, That's and which- he says. He's on Twitch. He's watching. He's watching games on Quick. He's and, periscoping. Oh God, <laughs> oh, that's a bad opsec right there. Just me and the lads at these ruins. 
Uh-huh. Just kill, killing some uh, Magitek armors. Definite, definite violation of the terms of service when you stab some guy in the neck on Periscope. Uh, is that admissible in court? Just. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about a time you shoot up a church-like building with a gun as prompto and he's periscoping it. Oh, no. no. Yikes. No. Big yikes. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Anyway, Noctis and Lunafreya have been pronounced dead in, at least according to news reports, which obviously, you know, rumors of his death were highly, highly exaggerated. And they see more Imperial ships fly overhead. We we also like kind of cut over some combat stuff. You you fight some like small battles, but they're really not that notable. Noctis then calls Marshal Corps, who's part of the military. I don't think they mentioned him prior to that, who is unsurprised to hear from us and says the news about the king is true. The king is actually dead and he is heading to Hammerhead. And if we want to find out the truth, we need to go there and meet him. And I'm immediately like, how much could I trust this guy? Like, I already had a story about a really high-ranking part of the military that was actually a secret general for the other side. <laughs> the answer turns out to be unconditionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't... It, it's such, This is such a weird turn, especially introducing this character this way. I don't know. It's strange. He's not in the game long enough to be an asshole. He's kind of a dick, though. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but not... Not in the grand scheme. I mean, it's just weird that, like, I feel like they build this guy up as a notable figure. Because, like, he would be, uh, as you would say, Chris, the head of the resistance. Uh-huh. <laughs> but not that resistance, the other resistance. He's the abuela. Yeah. To be fair, he also might not have been a marshal until this whole war happened and everybody died. So many promotions. Yeah, field promotions. <laughs> it turns out he's, a, he's the only person left. He was a... He was a cadet. He was a designated survivor. <laughs> Actually, no, that'd be Noctis. But anyway, that gets us into chapter two. No turning back. Hi, y'all. Lightning Strikes Thrice is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please support the podcast and the other work we do by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop or goatseefun.me. Patron backers can enjoy rewards such as joining our Slack, voting for being Jim Davis bonus episodes, and you also get to listen to Boku No Stop Premium, where we're talking about JoJo's, and also listen to uh, our Evangelion Rebuilds episodes. Thank you for listening, and back to the show. First thing we do is we turn back. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> the chapter opens with uh, Lady Luna Freya alive and being greeted by Umbra and her dog, who I think is named Penumbra. 
a lady shows up. Uh, Luna Freya shows her the ring. This is at the end of Kingsglaive after she just gets off the um, the bridge with the refugees. Hilariously, no one is there but her, though. Uh-huh. But that bridge is in the background. And we fade back to the car, heading towards the Hammerhead. And Gladio gets a message from his sister, Iris, and she got out and is heading to Lestalem with some refugees. Uh, when we arrive, Cindy says Kor is gone, but left a message with Sid. Sid tells us the Empire faked a piece to get the crystal in the ring. Noctis thinks his dad was fooled. And says that's not true. He saw it coming and refused to go down without a fight. But in the end, it wasn't enough. He says if we need to know more, talk to Kor, who is waiting for us at the tombs to the west. But that we should stop at an outpost on the way first, which is not a suggestion. You have to. It sucks. We hop on the regalia <laughs> and head off on the way. The car talks about how they plan to get back at the Empire. And that's how we head towards the prairie outpost. There's some lore to this prairie outpost. The Almanac says the prairie outpost is a hunter encampment in North Lead, established during the Great War. This outpost housed countless refugees forced to flee when the Empire invaded Kikastrich. Kikatrick. Kikatrick. Uh, where a bunch of the dudes in Kingsglaive were from. Oh, I thought they were from. Uh... Oh, God, what's the name of that town? The Kingsglaive. The Kingsglaive is from Golod, but he most of the like your MAGA uh, officers from here. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's that raises more questions, but I won't get into it. Uh, so soon their former homes were overrun by uh, demons, and all hope of returning oh, was lost. You mean like why is this guard over a hundred years old? Yeah. <laughs> Or I was going to say, like, why does he think he's got more claim to insomnia than this other guy when he's not actually from insomnia? Well, you but, see, yeah. you see, Matt, he came in the right way. Yeah, see, that's what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's also also like, you know, pro props for pulling that ladder up behind you, right? Yeah. No more immigrants. <laughs> that was the last one. <laughs> Everybody else is illegitimate. So I got mine. Fuck you. Exactly fucking awful uh sorry so, that's the republican ad i got mine fuck you within 27 seconds of air horns <laughs> <laughs> and, and like vine videos of milo is vine still a thing no vine's dead it's all yeah. tiktok uh, now it, yeah i was gonna say tiktok yeah yeah or just twitter so with nowhere else left to turn and the camp soon reaching capacity the refugees uh split out into the surrounding areas and eventually across the lucian continent Nowadays, the camp is primarily populated by novice hunters hoping to hone their skills against the local wildlife. That is the prairie outpost. The music is very good. Yes. There are no local quest lines. Thank God. <laughs> that all of our local quest lines exclude hunts, which you can do everywhere. Well, there's also like MP certain NPCs that you'll run into at rest stops, but I don't think you run into them in like a place like this. Dave is here. Yeah, you get a quest from Dave here. He's just not oh, dude. a, uh, a this is not a place you come back to a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Dave's not here. Dave is here actually. But this is like, where not you yet? start the dog tag quest line. No, yeah, he's here. You get from the ashes here. Which is oh, the okay. first dog tag quest, I think. I don't think I picked that up. I think I was just trying to mainline the main quest at this point. I didn't Oh yeah, dude, I did all of this in like 2 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you can go real fast if you have a uh, like 400 MP and just uh, warp strike across the map. Yeah. Just like instant, like murder everybody. All right. 
we arrive and talk to a lady named Monica. She says most of the Crown's Guard didn't make it out of the city. She tells us where the tomb is, and we go there, and Kor is already inside. Thanks for be- hanging out on my ancestor's grave, Kor. Very cool. Mm-hmm. He tells us about how we were entrusted the role of protector of the bloodline, and we were sent out of the city for our own protection. He didn't tell, uh, Regis did not tell Noctis about, uh, the impending betrayal because he wanted us to remember him as a father and not a king. Which is kind of bullshit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, this definitely feels like a, this is how we, we, we didn't want to have to explain to the character as if they weren't the player. Yep. So here's some new shit that you should have known. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Also, watch our Interquil movie so none of this works. Oh, yeah, and there's that whole thing where it's like, yo, you didn't know your father had, like, fucking, like, could, like, call, like, all these weapons? Yeah. Noctis touches the weapon and acquires his first royal arm. He tells us to head to another nearby tomb and comes with us to evaluate our strength. Uh, this other tomb is conveniently five feet away. You can walk there in, like, three minutes. Yeah, it's very close. We fight a ton of soldiers outside. I think there are a lot of them. Uh, do not trust me when I tell you about a combat, how many guys are there or how hard it was. There's a bunch. No, okay. there, there are a bunch of like, you can get into like, I don't know, two or three skirmishes out here and it, it does add up. I snuck around a whole bunch of them because if you just hug the uh, like the wall by the cave, like you can sneak by the majority of it. It's when like, combat starts, I hold R1, press Y until it's over. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I unlocked the uh, critical warp point skill, which is uh, the only skill I've acquired so far. And do like 5,000 damage if you warp strike into a guy point blank. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. So after we fight all the dudes, the marshal parts away with us and we head into our first dungeon. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the dungeon is a dark cave system full of goblins. Proceed through, doubling back repeatedly, opening doors until we find a Quaylog. It's a big, a big spider. Yeah, with a lady on top, oh, exactly a on like top? a Quaylog. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about the lady on called top. Arachnus? Yeah, it's a Quaylog. It's a Quaylog. No, <laughs> unloaned from FromSoft. They've had these since Final Fantasy IV, so FromSoft uh, like Square did it first, but From did it better. In all fairness, they both stole it from D and D, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's stealing everything from everyone. Especially when you just fight Mind Flayers later, also called Mind Flayers. Yeah, they are actual Mind Flayers. And D&D stole it from... Uh, uh, Lovecraft? Tolkien, so... And Tolkien? Yeah. I was just thinking about the Mind Flayers specifically. Everything is stolen. Nothing is original. More or less. Yeah, we proceed through, doubling back, repeatedly opening doors. We acquire the Axe of the Conqueror and head out. Mm-hmm. Which I love how you get these weapons because you pick it up, it rises from the tomb, and then stabs you in the heart. And which is fun. And then two of them rotate around you as though there's clearly supposed to be like twelve more, but it looks really goofy. They're not like evenly spaced out at all. Yeah, they really should have made it like, oh, just take the circle, divide it by the number of uh, things, uh-huh. and spread them that way. It just looks uh-huh. really silly. There's a bunch um, of like peas and corn on top of them. Mm-hmm. So what they did is instead they just uh, like. I guarantee you, all of them are rotating around you. They just didn't render the image for the ones that you don't have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's just it's, it's the laziest way to do it. it. Yeah. Uh, laziest uh, way. Well, not just laziest. It's the, the, the least likely to mess up when you try to. Well, that 
probably that too. Debugging. Or at least it's it's also the least amount of work because you don't you don't have to do separate instances of it. Right. Yeah. The nice thing about these dungeons is that as soon as you're done with like the main thing, you can just warp directly out, which is nice. Yeah. Even Unless if it doesn't you, like, offer you, you can pull up the map while you're in a dungeon and it there's a uh, warp to entrance replacing warp to car. Oh, I right. haven't tried that because like I, one time I the one time I didn't do that because I'm like, oh, there's definitely another thing I forgot to pick up or like I wanted to double check. Like there's a safe, which I couldn't get into anyway. And so I went I canceled it and then went like, how do I get out? of? I guess I have to walk all the way back. Matt, that is look forward to going into all of those in our last episode. That is yeah. the second every dungeon has one. And that is the second leg of it where there's like three hours of dungeon behind it. Yeah, I uh, I googled it and went, oh, yep, I guess I didn't have to worry about that. Oh, well. At the entrance, Kor calls us and tells us that the Empire has started building a new base, and we need to take it out before they cut off the west of the continent. And we should go see Monica for details. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead. Monica tells us they found a back door into the base, and we head out to take it, off, take it down. On the way, we hear that Monica is one of the best members of the Kingsguard. Monica is waiting, and we split up. Noctis heads in with Kor, while the rest of the squad goes with Monica to create a diversion. We fight a lot of Imperials and open the gate. Ship shows up, and some nerd named Loki. Mm-hmm. Is it Loki or Lokot? Lokot? He, he, it's pronounced Loki in the game. Okay, I, I thought so. I just couldn't remember. Ah, but spelled with a Q, so it's not a copyright infringement. <laughs> you can't copyright North. <laughs> I know. I, that's the joke. <laughs> I, I I bet you Marvel would disagree. No, I just want to put that uh, that you can't copyright uh, Norse gods as a uh, tagline. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A boss fight with a ton of soldiers and the Mexicur, which this is a fun, pretty fun fight, actually. Yeah, and it, it, I think this is one of the ones where you can do like a finishing move, like to set it on fire, right? Or am I thinking of a different yeah. fight? Or you you can knock down limbs. Yeah. And then knock it over. It, it's very Monster Hunter in a way. Yeah, it's surprising. There's a surprising amount of. I wouldn't call it depth per se, but like there's a different ways you could approach this. I just kind of whacked him till he died. <laughs> but the, you know, the funny thing about this scene is that they really build up Loki as like, as a, a character you're going to interact with again. And then you like unceremoniously murder him and it's God. It's like a pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> you know, like, like it seems like he's like that, like upstart, like rival type where he's just like, Oh, you think you're so good? I'm gonna come by and I'm gonna kick your ass, and then you kick his ass, and he's like, "I'll be back." And it's fuck like, him up, Loki. <laughs> yeah, and and instead, like he just shows up and just gets fucking murdered. <laughs> Very, and good. then he's gone. He's Gary Oak, but you killed him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, uh, you, you, Ash should totally kill Gary Oak. Core tells us that he doesn't need to worry about us, and he goes off to do some spying. With and with that, the West is open to us. Gladio thinks this is a good start to our fight. And that brings us to chapter three, the open world. Yeah, we see a, a scene of a Niflheim war meeting. The emperor is here, and I did not write it on his name because it's the only other time it comes up. The emperor is mad that Noctis lives, and Luna has the ring. Uh, they want it and to take her alive so they can um, mess around with the Archeons. Uh, they give the army to Ravis, the guy whose backstory is his arm caught on fire in the movie. Uh, he has a yep. sick mech arm now. To be fair, you can't spell army without arm. Mm-hmm. It is true. It's very disarming. We mm-hmm. fade back to the car, and the crew is chatting about the region, and we pull into a gas station for a pit stop. Iris calls Noctis on his cell phone. Dude, like, everybody has the king's cell phone number in this fucking game. Uh, it's very funny. 
And she says, come visit me in Lestalem. And we head off. And Gladio is salty that Iris didn't call him. And Gladio's going to complain a a lot that Iris isn't calling him throughout this game. It's just very weird. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Also, like, I thought Ravis was dead from Kingsglaive. I did not realize he survived uh, the arm burning. I just assumed he died. No. A lot of people survive arm trauma in this game. Do they? Like Titan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to him. Um, so on, on your way to Listalem, uh, you pass a sign for the uh, Chocobo farm. And Prompto really wants to see these Chocobos. Uh, and you can go there, but uh, we're not going to talk about it right now. We sh- you you should. should. You should. But uh, we're just sticking to the main quest at this point. Well, I guess we'll never really talk I, about I it because the quest there. never takes you there. So real quick, you go okay. there. It's a Chocobo farm. They have a problem with a giant yeah. one-eyed behemoth. And you get this uh-huh. little mini dungeon where you uh, stealth through and then you fight this behemoth, which is enormous. It's yeah. a cool fight. There's there's a bunch of it's, like it's exploding a... barrels and stuff. And you throw fire at them and it does severe damage to them. Yeah, there's it's a cool. barrel. Yeah. And it like, yeah, like the cinematography of like the effort they put in to make this look cool is like really neat. It doesn't really affect the play that much. I mean, but it, like it definitely sells the tension of you're stalking this thing around. Yeah, like there's this camera angle where you're uh, crawling through this little vent area, and there's yeah. like a corrugated tin roof, and there's a missing piece, and the camera's looking up through it right at the dead eye directly over you, which is why he can't see you. It's very cool. Yeah, they, he's also got a broken horn. Yeah, yeah, broke, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a very cool little side quest. I like that they put like effort into like the presentation of this. It's not just Oh, hey, there's a giant monster in this arena. Go kill it. It's the only behemoth in the game, by the way. It also, unlo- huh. uh, this does unlock a uh, chocobo riding, I believe. Yeah, yes. which is why That's you should go point, do it yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're going to lose the car in a little bit, and you're going to wish you had chocobos. Yeah, so that's that. But uh, otherwise, we head to Listalem to continue the story. The Almanac said, I guess I'm being the Almanac dude this <laughs> You are the only one that guy. Matt, Matt reads uh, from Wikipedia. Yeah, but this is not the... Uh, anyway. Matt, Matt reads from wikia.finalfantasy.com. This is great content, Chris. I love it. <laughs> anyway. It is good content. Listalem, a bustling industrial town in northern Slane? Slane? Clane? Clane? It looks like it should be Italian with like the, the Enya kind of thing. Clane-ye. What about Enya? But- it, it, it sounds like the Italian, like, you know, lasagna, like the GN. Yeah. I was making a joke about Enya and how my heart will go on. That's Celine Dion. That's Whatever. Celine Dion. I don't know what about say. anything. Uh, you know what? Actually, Celine Dion is the reason why every single JRPG ends with this big pop ballad. It's not really Celine Dion unless it comes from the Celine region of France. <laughs> well, no, French Canada. French Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but for that, she has to sing it in two different languages. Uh, <laughs> they don't even get games on the back of the Celine Dion. It's just the mm. other side. <laughs> uh, Christ. Anyway, despite the Imperial attempts oh, to overtake so... the city... <laughs> Sorry, but... I, I've forgotten all about that, but it's all coming back to me. Uh-huh. Well done. Okay. Well done. Anyway. Lastalo remains the largest autonomous urban area on the Lucian continent. Lestalem's history is relatively short. It was founded around the largest meteor shard in Lucis. Yeah, there's a giant fuck-off meteor that hit the ground. We'll get we'll get to it in a bit. Didn't actually uh, we, hit the ground. Spoilers. 
It didn't actually hit the ground. Otherwise, uh, this entire place would have been evaporated. True. No, this is built around the shard. Well, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Otherwise, this region would have just been glassed if it had actually hit the ground. Because something caught it. Anyway, I so the engineers, discovered, the engineers discovered that they could harness the heat generated uh, from the meteor shard to produce electricity. Uh, residential commercial districts sprung up around the power plant and people flocked to the fledgling city. The founder of the town was a brilliant woman who inspires citizens to this day. Uh, the prominence of women in the workforce is largely seen as a result of her impact. So there are a lot of uh, lady engineers. That's yeah. sort of the the vibe of this thing. I actually say one of the side things that all the uh, all the work is done by women. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's something we'll we'll run into in a second. Okay. But, but what are men the... going to get paid for the emotional labor that they do at home? <laughs> Uh, that, I, I bet they have really, really killer uh, parental leave at the power plant. Ah, uh, no, because it's still capitalism. <laughs> hey, man, they have they have good parental leave in Europe, at least better than the states by a lot. So by good, you mean any? Well, yeah, yeah, guaranteed any. <laughs> actually, actually, I got parental leave at my place, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I I do too, but that, I think that okay. just happened because we got a. a first woman as a ceo and she came in and be like yes and i'm like good we finally actually did the fucking well, no, thing i mean like even even uh men get uh, two weeks parental leave yeah yeah no i mean like the same Matt, thing are you telling me that diversity of people leads to diversity of ideas that doesn't seem right yeah crazy right you wouldn't think it huh mm-hmm, never would have mm-hmm. guessed yeah different people grow up differently and have different viewpoints can see things differently and sometimes we should put women in charge that'd be nice disagree Warren, <laughs> Warren Harris, twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, so Wait, what? Please don't be Harris. Oh my god, dude, you're the grossest. Oh, hell no, centrist. hell no. You are the grossest at put, centrist. At least, at least I put Warren at the top of the ticket in that joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, at the, least we still got the cop. <laughs> Matt's a cop. Gotta look, have look, the cops. You need, look, you need somebody to enforce. Anyway, it's the executive branch. Uh, you know, the, really, we need someone to enforce. <laughs> through the work, though the uh, work at the power plant can be challenging, the pay is good, and many women support their families through jobs at Exynos. Exynos. Thank you for finishing that for me, Chris, because everyone you're kept welcome. interrupting me from trying to finish that sentence. I don't know why you're so interested in not doing the podcast, Matt. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Uh, so yeah, there's a cop. All right, Chris, if you're <laughs> go ahead and read the local quest lines, Chris. Well, well, I would, but I'm being accosted by Kamala Harris, who wants me to <laughs> empty my pockets. <laughs> Matt, you know you have to you know you have to have a warrant for these recordings, right? <laughs> yeah, I know like everybody needs to opt into a recording, otherwise it's inadmissible in court. So you can do quests for local merchants. Uh when you do them, they offer reduction in shop prices. The only ones worth doing are the spice merchants, as the gear here gets very quickly outclassed and the inventory never updates. Mm-hmm. You could do quests for Viv, who is a Hurley-looking journalist. Uh, he sends you out to go take photos, and you get a good amount of cash for doing it. There are quests for Holly, who is the lead engineer at the power plant, doing stuff for her. Both A, tells you about the city, gets you to explore the city, and um, will spread some of the lighting further outside from the city, because uh, you got to turn on lights in certain areas so you can be there at night. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Late in the game, you could do quests for Randolph. Uh, this is way back in the back right corner. 
uh, in the last chapter, he will offer you high level quests to get the ultimate weapon for several weapon categories. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk a minute about Viv. Uh huh. His shirt. Uh huh. This is was it? Uh, Live, eat, breathe, meteor. Uh huh. Is that yeah. literally what he's? Oh my god. Yeah, I, I had not run into this guy yet. My god. You're yeah, not... it's wow. Matt, you should go to all the towns you've been to and go to the convenience store near the fuel pumps and buy all the car parts. You could probably, like, double the speed of Regalia and have the fuel cost. This guy is a neckbeard brought large. He is definitely, and he's got a ponytail. Yep. Man. Man. (sighs) This guy is so, like, I I don't know if this is hilarious and awesome or hilarious and bad or both. This is what Prompto would be if he didn't lose weight. It does kind of look like younger Prompto. Yeah. He's even got the camera. Exactly. Oh, man. Wow. This game, man. Phil, tell me about arriving at Lestalem. We arrive at Lestalem and head to the Laville Hotel to meet Iris. Outside the hotel, a near earthquake happens and Nock gets a vision of a yellow-eyed giant and head pain. We head in to meet Iris, as well as some friends named Jared and Talcott. Iris tells us about what it was like in the city during the attack, and that Lady Luna Freyla was in town. She left right away, but she is... She at least alive, I uh, think is what She's at least was... alive. We should clarify that she was in Lestalem and not Crown City during right. the attack. That sentence was very badly written. <laughs> right. Well, so is, so is uh, she is at least arrive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever. That, that seems, that uh, seems rude. <laughs> <laughs> the rest oh, of the Chris, night. just because this is a JRPG doesn't mean you could put English in our fucking notes. What? <laughs> Ted Woosley wrote these notes. What do you want? <laughs> uh, Alright, so we rest for the night, and in the morning we go out on the town with Iris. We go to the market, the power plant, and the outlook, where we see the meter meteor. At each stop, we have the opportunity to flirt with Iris, and at the end, she seems sad that we're pledged to Lady Lunafreya, and that it's not a real date. We go back to the hotel and drop off Iris. Yeah, and I, I hate this. I hate this so much. Why? Yeah. You don't like dating your friend's bro- sister? No, not that. That's a, I'm fine with that. Like, okay, look, you have a character. He's supposed to be betrothed to another female character. So why are we taking the one other female character who's part of the main plot? I'm not counting Sydney at all in this. And like saying, oh, the only way to make the player care about this character is to, you know, do this fake, you know, this really lazy writing thing of, oh, we're hanging out together. Oh, it's kind of like a date. Like, I was waiting for that to happen this entire time. And it's I like... JRPG. You can, I like that every every option has be disinterested as a dialogue option. <laughs> yeah, you JRPG, don't get... so they had to do a date. Simple I mean, that. yeah, but like, this is... It's so bad. And like, it's, they could have done anything else with this character. And it just feels so, like, it's just a waste of space. It's tacked on. It's bad. Yeah. And you get experience points for flirting back or like, you know, playing along with her the whole way. And items. And items. Yeah. It's like, it's like the game wants you to care about this character because she kind of wants the D. Wait, are you telling me that women aren't vending machines for things you want? No, actually. You gotta get a divorce. No. Uh, you already think that I'm surprised you haven't already Chris, Chris <laughs> uh, look if you 
if you like if your wife plugs into the wall and you can put quarters and dollar bills in her then like yes that's not a fucking marriage look don't try to kink shame me matt (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's supposed to be your side piece oh god yeah, I hate this. I, I thought, so once I, like, we're done trying ugh. to get it wet with Gladio's sister, we go back to the hotel <laughs> and uh, Talcott tells us about a legend of a sword behind a waterfall. Wink, wink. We think it might be a tomb and head <laughs> off to God check it out. Look, it. all I'm saying is there's some squirting. Uh, we'll park on a bridge and descend some gushing, stairs. gushing, Chris. It's gushing. Yeah, you taste the blast. Hell. Speaking of gushers, you can encounter a giant snake <laughs> <laughs> named the uh, Midgar Sorber, which you need to sneak by or flee from. I highly recommend you sneak by instead of fleeing because there are some giant fuck off crabs that will obliterate you. Yeah, there's crabs. Like I snuck around this guy, and yeah, this is a reference to Final Fantasy VII. If you didn't catch the catch in the name Midgar in the middle of it, yeah, no. No. Guess. no. It's Final Fantasy VII. Tell me about that. It's a video game. Seems pretty old. I don't know if I'm interested. I might just wait for the remake, which is sure to be better. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a thousand percent better. <laughs> yeah, mark our words. LST officially says remake already better than Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is very Wouldn't boring. Wouldn't take much. Cannot, cannot be more boring. Uh, I haven't played Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, I love, but that's the good one. Anyway, Final Fantasy VIII is equally <laughs> as boring to play. Things uh, things that you do outside of combat do not count as making the game different when it plays exactly the same in combat. I mean, no, so I, you don't I, get I, any rewards for combat. I mean, the thing is, the thing with eight is that, like, definitely, if you the best way to play that game is the least interesting mechanically, because once you once you're powered up, you just attack until you win, which that's a fair criticism of it. But I still. It's still got a special place in my heart. If the best way to play your game is to make it less annoying to play, that's not a good thing. I mean, I don't know if it's like less annoying to play, just simpler to play. <laughs> and like and it's the one game that you could actually turn like naturally turn off encounters, which I mean, I wish I had that in every JRPG because man, PS1 era JRPGs are so encounter heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah, and which you well, Noti- they, notice we haven't done any, and there aren't any on the schedule. Yeah, there aren't mm. any heavier than the Super Nintendo ones, but the Super Nintendo ones didn't have load screens. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, the, like when you have to load into each battle, and yeah, I'll go through a huge intro sequence where you, the camera spins down, the monsters appear. Yeah, it's I mean, I haven't... extremely time-consuming. Yeah, it, it, it does add up. Like, I'm, I'm glad that the the modern ports are, like... Here's some fast forward and here's some things because like, you know, just like speed that up. You know, I'm going to die one day. I'm sounding like Chris now. Great. I have the I have the Chris brain worms. You have the you have the brain worms. You realize that JRPGs are bad, even though you like them. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. What have you, I done? You edit a podcast about bad video games. I know. I know. <laughs> I knew that going in. <laughs> That's not true. So anyway, so we, we excited. Don't... You are so excited. We don't fight the fuck off snake. You might fight some crabs. Or you kill it in two warp strikes. Like, I I didn't bother to try it. I'll, I might go back and try it later, but it doesn't drop anything interesting. Yeah, you get, no. um, yes. It drops oh. scales that you need for the legendary weapons quest. Oh, I didn't, I did not know that. Oh, that is useful. There are, uh, so don't actually, get it yet. 
For each model type of enemy, somewhere in the world is a super version of it. You don't have to do all of them, but the quest will bring you to this one. Okay, cool. You might encounter the, uh, well, doing dungeons, you'll encounter the giant fuck off uh, red horn that's like level 80 and bigger than your car. That's awesome. Yeah. So once you get into the cave, it is an icy cave. It's all iced over. And like, the, the... I hate this cave. Well, I actually. I actually like it because, like, here's I, the thing. I like it thematically. I hate the mechanics of the sliding mechanics. Yeah, you have but to you be careful. Yeah, because like yeah, you only slide two times. Well, there's that one time you can slide off, which then uh-huh. requires you do the whole dungeon over, and it's right at the end. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. Well, I didn't do like all the way to the end, but yeah, I definitely had to go around once. Yeah, because there are there are sections where you slide down, like you know, it's a uh, I don't know a snowboarding mini game, <laughs> like Wild Waves, <laughs> like it's 1080. Then there's also sections where if you're walking, there's uh, sloped sections where if you slide down, you fall from the platform to a lower area and have to go back around. I mean, the thing is, like, compared to at least all of the dungeons that I've been up to this point, this isn't just generic cave. So, like, I actually kind of... Most of the dungeons are very different. No, like you said, I like it thematically. It's just these sliding mechanics are just really annoying. We see you get into the second part of the dungeons, which are all identical, Matt. Oh, no. They're just oh, giant. Yeah. They're just giant circle rooms with two paths. So one of which is correct and one of which is incorrect. And every giant circle room has a combat encounter in it. And then you do up to a hundred of these in a row. Hooray! Game design. And I've done. Anyway, so like the enemies you fight in here, there are imps. There are Ronin, which are you know like sword dudes. And there are I flans. think there are Ronin. Yeah, there are definitely Ronin. I, think I saw the word. I kill dudes before they completely spawn in, so I'm just, like, trying to look for the names as they despawn. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely was running around. I, I remember seeing the imps and the flans, and then all of a sudden, a ronin showed up. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it, like, caught me really off guard. Oh, the first ronin I found is I found a dungeon early in the game, and you're fighting some imps on a bridge, and then a samurai shows up who's level 50, and I'm, like, level 8. And then he kicks me off a bridge 15 feet and I have to use a phoenix down and then fight like 30 imps in a pit. That's awesome. <laughs> it's uh, the mines is the one I was in. OK. All right. Good to know. But anyway, you, you get through the you you run around, you, you get through some encounters. You hopefully don't slide down and have to do it over again. Uh, thankfully, the encounters don't respawn as far as I can tell. Are there bombs in here? Um, There might be. No, I think there are bombs in like uh, the next section where you're going picking up uh, the the lightning points or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I didn't see any bombs here. Nah, there was some. Uh, yeah, there might be a bomb. To look out know. for bombs. I don't know. I remember all. I rem- I remembered to hug right the whole way, so this dungeon was in and out in two minutes. I heard that about you. Yeah, yeah. two minutes. Please don't oversell it. <laughs> so we get to the tomb. Right outside the tomb, you get a. Big fight with uh, several Mind Flayers and 10 Imps. And the Mind Flayers are a pain in the ass. Yeah, tell me about fighting Mind Flayers, because I forget. I mean, like, the thing with them is that they, like, blast you with, like, either, like... Well, you have the Imps that are, like, shooting laser beams at you from, like... Yeah, Imps are, like, goblins that can fly and do, like, Dragoon jumps and fire lasers at range. Yeah, so, like, you're constantly being targeted by them... The Mind Flayers will wind up and do, like, there's a grab attack, and I think there's, like, another AoE attack. When they hit you, it does a lot of uh, max HP damage. Like, you can get your max HP drained very quickly by these guys. You can knock them over with a with a counter. Like, if they try to grab you, you can, uh, you can counter and parry and do some damage. But they're surprisingly tanky. 
And I'm pretty sure that they like summon new ones. I definitely killed one and then saw another one warp in. Like I didn't think they were like you, all right. You fight one by itself and then two more show up once you know how to do it and what how they work. Yeah, it's the, these guys are a pain in the ass. But I mean they they look cool. They're very cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they're mind flayers. They're fucking cool. Mind flayers rule. Get excited yeah. about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So once you get into uh the tube itself, uh you get the sword of the wanderer uh unlocked in your in the armager. Armager or armager? I always forget. Well, this is also where you unlock the armager. It's not that you add it to it. Well, it's a bit of both, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like, you finally get to use these things yeah uh-huh one sword is also my armager mm-hmm. well you also have uh, the starting sword like, i think you have three at this point or yeah, two at the this point one. the third one yeah so like if you, we, we talked about that last episode how that works so now you can do a whole lot more damage as long as you don't murder yourself in the process uh we also forgot the well you don't take damage while doing the armager no i thought uh, no uh, I thought the armager was the same as the royal arms. No. No. No? Nope. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. The, not the actual attack, but the, like, the royal arms you can equip. This The armager is actually like a special meter you build up. Yeah, you don't take, oh. you don't take damage while doing it. You auto-dodge through stuff. You had R1 and L1 at the same time, and it... Uh... Yeah, I always thought... You know what? I've been mixing this up. I thought, like... So the royal arms are just a weapon you can equip. Yeah, you can right. you can also just equip things that would be part of the armager. Oh, I did not know that. Right. So this and, is how li- you, but using those costs uh, HP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 part I knew it cost you HP. I thought that the only way to use the royal arms was through the ar- armager. Right, but using it through the armager does not cost H- there's, HP. Oh. In, in Noctis's menu, there's a uh, like extra tab at the end, which is where all your royal arms are. Good to know. Okay, so that changes things. I, I assume, wait, does that mean that your damage stacks when you have a the, the armager activated while also having equipped a royal arm? It doesn't matter what you have equipped because you just use weapons from the armager to do attacks. But it doesn't cost you HP, no. right? The only thing yeah. that makes the damage go up is having more royal arms. The damage per hit in the armager mode uh, scales with the number of royal arms. That Almost makes like sense. like you weren't paying attention two days ago. No, I just, I didn't realize that they were separate weapons you could also equip. I thought they were just in that mode. where Yeah, you, I mean, that's what the Royal Arms are. We talked about those and how I died in one hit from hitting 20 guys with a greatsword. Yeah, and I thought you were doing that with the Armager. <laughs> I was very no. confused. No. There's also <laughs> a second mode for the Armager where you can um, press the activation buttons while it's up to do, like, um, it's like the 10th hit of a combo chain. Uh-huh. Does a lot of damage. Cool. Anyway, so we return to the entrance. Noctis is still getting headaches. He's being seized with pain and getting visions of the giant and the meteor outside of Lestalem. And then you forget uh, about we, the snake and run directly into it. And you forget about the snake and run into it. <laughs> I mean, you could you could still like I I remembered it like climbed around, but like the sometimes like trying to climb the geometry is a little weird. It's not like super robust. You Skyrim up it on a chocobo. Yeah, yeah. You don't like. You know, this isn't as much as this uh, game has Assassin's Creed stuff in it. You don't Assassin's Creed up like mountains and buildings and stuff. Jokes so. on you. Wait until we get to that one dungeon, Matt. Except for that one dungeon, apparently. So, yeah, uh, we go back to Lestalem and tell Talcott that the legend was true. He was he's very pleased by it. We go and talk to Iris and we get the vision again. And then we are told, go check out these binoculars 
to scout out the disc of Cothus, which I've already I already tried to visit before because like when you're driving by it on the map, Agnes is like, "Hey, can we go look at that?" And we're like, "Okay." So I went down there, got to the uh, the gate, and then fought a bunch of soldiers and one of the mechs and blew that up and then got some experience. So I had already been there, so this feels felt a little weird. Uh huh. It's pretty far out of the way, actually. Like in terms of drive time. Yeah. Like, this map is surprisingly huge. Yeah, it's very big. Yeah. And then we run into the suspicious man again, and he introduces himself with a nursery rhyme, which is, From the depths the Archean calls, yet on deaf ears the god's tongue falls, the king made to kneel in pain he crawls. Which is a terrible nursery rhyme. (laughs) Tell that to your kids. It's almost as good as the one about the Black Plague. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, the man says that in order to uh, stop Noctis from having these visions and having pain in his head, we need to go visit the Archeon and listen to what it has to say. And he offers to lead them there. And he introduces himself as Arden. If you hadn't figured it out, it's Arden. Or if you hadn't watched Kingsglaive. Or if you haven't watched Kingsglaive. I don't know why they're being coy about this. And they asked us to follow to his car. We have a conversation with him and we can pull a power move and say, no, I'm driving your car. <laughs> I didn't try that. Was, I did. How, how does it go? Uh, you get like 500 experience points. And then he <laughs> says, and then he says, no, I'm driving my car. You drive your car. You can try to make Agnes drive your car, which is what I did. So I could play a game on my phone. Uh, and then he goes, no, wouldn't you like to give your friend a break? And then Ignis gets like 2000 experience. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter three into chapter four. Blessing of the gods. We start behind the wheel next to Arden's car. We are to follow him without tailgating him or losing sight. Yeah, close, but not too close, because he says, don't tailgate me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Th- this is literally <laughs> a, a crappy stealth follow mission without any premise of the stealth. Also, you just like an actual bad stealth mission, your car is faster than his. Yeah, and you can't go, you can't get close too close to him, and you can't stay to get fault like lose sight of him, or you fail. Yeah, there's a big red like side on like on your HUD that says if you lose the car, the game is over, <laughs> and it's like that's so dramatic. Luckily, uh, you can just hold the acceleration button, and um, it will match speed once you're close enough, so you like can't actually get too close. So then, why are we doing this? <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so all you do is hold RT and sometimes press left or right on the stick to take a turn. On a side note, one of the things I do love about driving in this game is when everybody's in the uh, like you, you got top down, people are starting to like get up out of their seats to sit in the back, and then you hit the brake, you slam on the brake, and everybody falls forward. <laughs> <laughs> I've not tried that. 
It's fun. Yeah, because like Noctis will go and like sit up on like the on the trunk when the when the hood's up. And it's like seems very irresponsible. Like motherfucker. Oh, yeah, and like I expect him like he doesn't like lose his balance as much when you turn the car because you'd think he would just fly off the side of the car. The last of my royal line, if I die, the world falls to literal darkness. Guess I'll sit on the back of this moving car. You, you know, like, realistically, you're more likely to die from a car accident. So, like, that would make a, that would work out. At least it would, you know, make a sense. But yeah, no. And you, the, the, the best part is Ignis isn't even saying anything. I can't. Actually, in Final Fantasy 15, you're more likely to die in a plane crash than in a car accident. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's true, actually. That's yes. true. Yeah. Uh, see, they. Th- this is what happens when people don't understand uh, risk assessment. Yeah, this is the big, big Delta propaganda. <laughs> if you have uh, monster truck wheels, they take it off here, too, which is garbage. Yeah, it sucks. I love really? that you get your monster car can jump. Uh, it's got hydraulics. Uh, it's Great. because your monster car is too wide for some of the paths in the disc. It would just fall oh, off the edge. I know, uh, but it's still. But then, why do they give you an option to make your car too big to fit on the road? Because it also off roads usually. But they I don't know, want but you like, doing that here because of scripting. Uh, because then really you could dumb. miss the tomb. It, it's one of those things they added in after the fact and didn't think about how much it would affect the games. Like, oh, well, we have to disable it for this. this Matt, you do fucking monster truck rallies where you're like going over rocks and shit doing time races. I mean, that fucking rules. It does oh, rule, seriously? actually. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't found that yet. Once, once you, When you're in monster truck road, you'll get a new question mark. And once you do it, a new one will show up somewhere else. There are like monster truck rallies in other places nice. where you're doing like uh, off-road point racing. Nice. Uh-huh. It's very good. Also, you could just, like, run down Imperial soldiers. It's like that fucking scene in Borat. How many nifs can this Hummer kill? Uh, yeah. Anyway. See, I tried, hit, I tried hitting a monster with the monster truck, and it, it just crashed my car. Well, you need to get the reinforced bumper. Uh, I think you okay, get it cool. at Lestalem. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Anyway, so we're following Arden, and it's annoying. Yes. So we, um... It's only, it's conceptually annoying. All you do is hold right trigger. Fuck off, Matt. I mean, like, it's it's conceptually annoying, and, like, plot-wise, this is really dumb, because why are we hanging out with this guy? Like, I don't know, I always follow, I always follow creepy, I mean, this guy looks like the guy, like, he has a hook for a hand. You know why we're following him, and it's because the gate is closed, and this Imperial higher-up is the only way to get in. And, but, but we don't you know, don't know he's an imperial like, at this time. That's the thing. Like the 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 party does not know or think that Ign- he's an imperial Ignis yet. Knows. Ignis knows and says so already. Did he? Yeah, Ignis knew at Golden Key when he was giving out these very expensive tokens from the Empire to everyone in Lucis. But it's still, like the guy that looks like him says, "Hey, I'm going to drive my car. Follow me. I'm going to drive in the opposite direction as fast as I can." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, it, the decision-making for the party throughout this section of the game is extremely game. It's extremely suspect. Yeah. Anyway, so we um, follow for a while while the crew talks about how they distrust him. So, once again, why are you following? Until he pulls into a rest stop, and then we stay with him in a trailer. There... <laughs> yeah, you, he, like, forces you to, like, hang out with him. Did you, We're sleeping at the seedy motel did tonight. You, did you look at any of the photos that include yes. him from camping? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, what is this game doing? And it makes no sense. And he, 
And then he's like, oh, that's a photo of dear old me. And Prompto's like, you want me to not take photos of you? He's like, no, by all means, more photos of me for his highness's collection. Yeah, it's really creepy. <laughs> In that Ooh, weird what? villain voice, the only way it could be better is if it was Caius. And he's like, he's gonna look at that photos later, like, hey, remember we were hanging out with, like, the enemy? <laughs> yeah. We could have killed him then and ended it all. Our our lineage is, like, sworn enemy. Like, why are we trusting this guy? Like, why are we sharing a fucking trailer with this dude? Whatever. He would, like, murder you in your sleep and then it'd be over. Good luck fitting four people in that trailer, not five. Uh, you could fit five people in the Coleman trailer. <laughs> Coleman, the only camping gear you need. According to this game, that's the only camping gear that exists. Here we get the Beast Whistle, which you can use to summon enemies at any location. But in the morning, we get a scene of Lunafreya in a tent in the country, laying hands on people, relieving them of the Star Scourge. Yeah, she like literally sucks it out of this guy's forehead. The big takeaway is that she truly cares for the population. We head mm. to a convenience store. Arden is loitering around like a 16-year-old. Uh-huh. He's seriously got his back to the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a foot Right up, next to too. the register, like, hmm. The only thing that he's not doing is squatting and also smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I was going to say cigarette, but you don't smoke a cigarette indoors. Uh, depends on what you Sorry, vaping. Vaping. Yeah, he would totally. This is a total vape lord right here. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Only assholes vape. It's true. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> He tells us that we won't be able to turn back for a while. He tells us we won't be able to turn back for a while and asks if we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Say yes, since this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. He continued following his car. Let's chatter about how hot it is on the way there. We arrive at a pier checkpoint <laughs> and Arden gets the gate open and drives away. That feels like karma. <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, I need to change my coil. Uh-huh. He, he basically drives up. Talks to them. They open the gate for you. Like, hey, see, I, I got you in. He, Bye. He goes, you who? It's me. And the gate opens and they go, I can't believe that worked. And like, Ignis is like, uh, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't a trap. We drive our car uh, around the rim of the bowl. Uh, do not try to manually steer your car here at any point. And then we continue on foot. Uh, there's hilariously just a random royal tomb here to bait you onto this ledge. You get the Blade of the Mystic there, which is a super good one to have. Uh, and then an earthquake happens, causing the tomb to, like, break and slide down a hill. And Noct goes down into a pit. And uh, Gladio grabs him and saves him from fall to his death at the last second. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we are eye level with this giant, the Archeon Titan. Titan speaks to Noctis in uh, some language Noctis can't understand. I couldn't come up with a joke that wasn't horrible. <laughs> Titanic. No, I didn't mean horrible in that way. Noctis and Gladio can't get back up to Ignis and Prompto, so all they can do is continue forward. We fight some harpies. Uh, the, the trick with this area is that the ground is, like, literally on fire, and it causes your HP to slowly drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you eventually get to this narrow ledge, where as you cross it, Titan is continually trying to grab you off of it, like, making everything crumble around you. It rules, to be honest. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. cool set piece. Yeah, and also, like, Titan, like... He also looks really cool because, like, he's holding up, he's holding up this boulder, kind of like you know, like Atlas holding up the world, and he's like, got like, like shards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's hanging out in uh, in the gulch. 
uh, and <laughs> check out my copper mines. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, no, check out the fucking um, spikes of this meteorite going through his eye, like, from the back of his head and through his chest. Like, it's fucking metal as hell. Like, the presentation of this is really good. Yeah, like, Titan is so big that one of his fingers is as wide as Noctis is tall. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's so big. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of, like, describing very intense visual imagery happening here. Yes. Noctis is continually bitching the whole way through the area until Gladio eventually just fucking snaps, uh, like, grabs him by the shoulder and asks if you're royalty or not. And he says, you're not the only one having a hard time. We're all on edge. My family has been the king's shield, and when you can't focus, it's my job to do it for you. So just, like, fucking stow it and, like, let me look out for you and don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And uh- that point uh noctis gets a call from ignis saying that incredible cell phone service by the way yeah i was thinking about that (laughs) like like there are definitely parts i think there are parts of this game where they're like oh i don't have service and it's like or like they're in a fucking cave and it's like yo this should not be (laughs) getting good cell service in fact i think like the the sound breaks up a bit a little bit right like it's kind of hard to hear well they actually get cut off too yeah they do they have verizon they get cell Uh phone service in this crater Uh Titan's actually got a tower built on him. <laughs> he is a fucking cell tower. Imperial soldiers have uh, dropped in the area. They're flying in soldiers. Uh, and then we fight some of them. And then at that point, we end up directly in front of Titan, uh, who begins trying to speak to Noctis. And like Noctis this entire time was like, yo, I, I don't get it. Like, I know you're trying to tell me something, but like I don't understand you. Also, my brain is exploding. Can you stop? And Noctis does the thing that white people do where you talk to them louder in English, which helps them understand it better. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how we, uh, language works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- there's one point where uh, Titan smashes in, like the place where they're standing and Noctis has to do a point warp to the ground to not die. <laughs> I don't know how Gladio survives it. I definitely forgot to do the point warp, but you only take 2,000 damage, which is only half of my hit points. So whatevs. Uh-huh. So yeah, at this point, we're we're at like knee level with him. No, we're at foot level now. We're at once foot level? we fall, yeah, we're we were we were at peck level, and then he hit a, hit the thing, and we fall to foot level, and this is where he tries to stomp on you. Oh, because I thought he tries to hit you with his hand. He does, and that's how he takes out the ledge you were on that starts the fall. Oh, see, but but like the entire time that I I remember this fight, like I remember him like he bringing his hand down and having to yes, block the because, hand because after this part we run up a series of hills. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, like, there's just a lot of stuff happening here. Like, Titan's just trying to murder us while also trying to talk to us, which is confusing. Dog, you block and parry his foot. It rules. Yeah, I didn't parry the foot. I definitely, or at least I don't remember. I definitely parried the hand, because you have to. If you don't parry the foot, you die. So you definitely parried the foot. Oh, okay, I must have parried the foot. Yeah, so you fly up, you block the foot, you get to Gladio, you go up a hill. You're fleeing up this hill, phasing through his hands. so R.I.P. Yeah. Gladio. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he just gets like swept to his death into some lava i definitely got like knocked over by that like three times too <laughs> i have I'm, the like, accessory on that you get from the uh platforming dungeon that makes you auto phase so i'm just literally uh, just sprinting up this hill not playing i always forget that you can hold the butt i always think it's like dark souls where you have to time it but instead you can just hold it down and you'll auto warp your yeah. auto phase so yeah we get back up to uh like a yeah, roughly roughly hip level and yeah, you're, the entire time he's trying to, to to smack you, and you have opportunities to to block it and to parry it. Smack my prince up. 
that's actually a decent joke. Well done, Chris. You're welcome. So the rest of the crew catches up, and then we begin fighting. The the video Titan Zach looks in a mirror and is a lady. (laughs) That would be interesting. (laughs) Wait, that means that would just means more violence against women in this in this game. (laughs) Have you not seen this video before, Matt? Yes, I have. Okay. It was like the most infamous video for a long time, if not like still. I don't know. I think Orbital of the Box is a way better video, but whatever. I didn't say like it was a better video, just like in terms of like like impact and like how shocking it was at the time. Yeah, because it's like very gonzo. So yeah, at this point, the Imperials start showing up and start harpooning Titan and Titan's just like wrecking shop on these guys. Yeah, and you You don't have to fight them. You can pretty much ignore them. But if you do, the fight goes faster, so I did. You, wait, it goes faster if you kill the... Yes, because the Titan dudes? just focuses on you, and you need to block and parry him several times for the fight to continue. Ah, true. Yeah, the one th- weird thing about this is it'll give you... There's a specific spot that they mark on the map where you need to stand in order to parry, in order for the block and parry to work, even though, like, if you're standing anywhere near the hand as it's coming down, it'll give you the prompt... So I definitely got, like, smushed a few times because I thought, like, I'm standing here, I'm getting the prompt, I'm hitting the button, and nothing's happening. Then I realized you have to stand in this one specific spot for the scripting to work, which is kind of annoying. Also, this music fucking rules. Music's great. I'm definitely cutting it in. At a certain point, uh, if you've done enough damage, you uh, you get to team up with your bros to uh, kill the arm. You throw a bunch of ice ice magic on it, and y- you need to do a QTE to do, I think it's like 11,000 damage over a certain span of time in order to break it. Oh, do you? Yeah, there's there's an actual uh, cap, because I failed it the first time I tried. Oh, I, okay. I, also because I was... What was it? There's something like I was dumb, and for some reason my I wasn't attacking, and I forgot there was something I did. So this really... fight does not hold up very well on New Game Plus because, like, from the first five seconds, Titan was at zero HP. So I'm just waiting right. for the scripting to happen. Okay. Yep. So, like, when he got frozen, I just pushed B one time, and then his arm shattered. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember what happened. I had equipped ice, and then I had done my two, my three casts, and then I had no weapon, and was wondering why I wasn't attacking because <laughs> I'm a dumbass. You're trying to shard him with this bottle. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, you end up breaking, his arm shatters, it's cool, and that's the end of the fight. Yeah, as you say, the screen begins to shake, and Titan screams as light flies down, and we get a flashback of Lady Luna Freyla conversing with Noctis. Titan glows, and magic erupts, bringing down, like, six dropships. Mm-hmm. The squad then is forced to flee as all the lava begins to spray from the ground. When a drop ship lands in front of us, opens the hold, and Arden is inside. 
he introduces himself as Arden Izunia, the Imperial Chancellor. He welcomes us aboard, saying we could take our chances otherwise. Ignis tells us we can't die here, and we are forced to board. Mm -hmm. We are then told we got the Mark of the Archeon, a symbol of the Titan's favor, meaning we can summon it now. Yeah, and like Arden explicitly says, like, I will not harm you, you can trust me. And it's like, now is the point when you go, oh, I guess I can't trust you. Well, the thing is, like, you knew his name was Arden. You didn't know he was, like, the Chancellor. And you knew what he looked like. Yeah. But are you saying that the Imperial Chancellor never went out in public? I, I mean, it, here's the other, yeah, that's one thing. Like, he's hanging out in, he, he's hanging out in Insomnia while, like, this other stuff is happening in Kingsglaive, right? He's around. No. Uh, he, Noctis is explicitly not there in that scene. No, I know he's not there, no, but Arden. like Ignis is read up enough to have known who this was at the beginning. Like, like right? Arden was in in the capital. Yeah, yeah. I don't just say Noctis. I mean, Ignis studies reports for all this stuff. Yeah, it doesn't quite hold up to scrutiny. With the more you think about it, like this should not have been a like. I guess if you went in this game totally blind, you'd be mildly surprised by this turn. But then you'd be instantly confused as to why is this guy protecting the you know the now figurehead of your this enemy <laughs> enemy kingdom. Let me put this way: I went in blind, and I still like, hey, I'm following this guy. Of course, he's going to be a higher up in the enemy. Yeah, it, there's no other way this works unless he's just some you know, magical weirdo who just knows too much about the plot for some reason. Spoilers, he is actually just a magical weirdo who knows too much about the plot. I mean, sure, but also he's no, the like, enemy army. More than you think, he's just a magical yeah. weirdo. <laughs> that would explain a lot. You haven't finished, have you? No, I'm I'm only uh I'm a finishing couple... right now. <laughs> Odd pod. Hell yeah. I'm like a, I think I'm in chapter six. Like I'm just a, I just finished getting all the the lightning statues at this point. Oh no, I gotta go get the car back. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna go about to get the car back. Yeah, cool. So anyway, yeah. So you you have to get the car back because uh, you leave the regalia and you when you get dropped off, you don't get dropped off back at the regalia, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But okay. Well, also because they stole your car. They stole your car. Also, summoning is awesome. Summoning is cool. You can summon now. I I did never get to get a summon before I got Ramu, so I have never seen the Titan summon. I mean, isn't there like a random chance of any of them showing yeah. up? No. Or like the ones that you've unlocked, it, it I guess. It takes the most recent one, because I always got Ramu, and then I always got Leviathan. Okay. Spoilers, you get Leviathan. I mean, that, you have to get Leviathan. Leviathan's in the game, you know you have to get Leviathan. But do you get Bahamut? Um... No, you get kidnapped by Bahamut. That sounds cool. For like 10 years. <laughs> that sounds less cool. So, spoilers. Speaking of abductions, uh, do either of you guys have closing <laughs> thoughts on the opening of the game? Uh, I'm, you know, I still don't know how I feel about this game. Honestly, I think like the plotting of it is like pretty terrible. Yeah, but it's also like just a generally enjoyable 7 out of 10. Yeah, like it like it's not painful to play, but like and some of the side stuff that I've done has been has been good. And there have been flashes like the the hunting the behemoth which I'm like, you know what? They put some good effort in and I think they got something fun out of it. But like I'm still not totally sold on the combat being enjoyable cuz it's not like in 13 when I was like in the groove, it felt really good. 
you know, yeah. or like, and this doesn't, I, I'm never feeling in the groove in this. Even if I like roll an enemy party, I'm like, it's over. What happened? I have no idea. Yeah. I found it felt actually better than, uh, 13. Yeah. I don't know. This, 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 this doesn't this, have the same this, sense of rhythm that like 13 was definitely like, in a lot of ways, a rhythm game where this feels just kind of way scrappier than that. You know yeah. what I mean? This is definitely yeah, but... combat here is like messy and brutal and short. Which is kind of how I like it. Yeah. Just like real life. I wasn't talking about combat. <laughs> uh, how about you, Phil? Uh, not like I said, I like it messy, brutal, and short. No, um, no final thoughts. Although I do want to know, are you guys going to stand by me? No. At least uh, for the next few episodes. All right, cool. <laughs> I we do got... think it's a pretty solid... I actually think this game's kind of a solid B. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go out of my way like, hey, you must play this, but, you know, it's like, it's say it on a sale. It's like, yeah, it's worth fun. Yeah, I mean, I, full time. I'll, I'll get a better sense of how I feel about it by the end, but it, yeah. it's definitely, it feels the most uneven to me thus far like because even in like the previous like the 13s we played like i liked the play and i thought the story even when it was bad was was enjoyable or had some like there was some fun stuff in there <laughs> uh like but like this one's just like man i'm trying to care about these characters and they're doing a real bad job of making me care about these characters except for like the brohood there are some wild plot turns for the characters later. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. The back half of the game takes a turn. Well, apparently you're shooting up churches and shit. So <laughs> that is a big turn. You're secretly in Ireland the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Galadians do sound kind of Irish in Kingsglaive. Well, you do have a car. And they have troubles. There's a lot of troubles. Not a lot of potatoes. Oh, man, this is just <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we never listen to this podcast where you talk about the trebles like once every several episodes. No. And it's always Chris. It's always Chris who brings about, it up. You're talking about Final Fantasy thirteen. Why would I listen to that podcast? Good podcast. It's a good podcast. It's not a good <laughs> game. Doesn't mean the podcast isn't good. Right, but if I haven't played the game, I'm not going to care about the podcast. <laughs> so you say you play every gonna... single WAF you listen to? The games of every single no, WAF? No, well... No, I just don't listen to Woff. I don't play any uh, Woff games. I, I, I'm not. That's not me being mean about it. It's that I barely listen to any podcasts. I, yes. I'm behind on the two I listen to. So you gotta mm. start listening to Apocrypals, Matt. I called you Matt, Phil. Apocrypals rules. Very good. What's it about? The best podcast. It's about the uh, Bible. It's about yeah, two guys reading like the weird shit from the Bible and like Bible adjacent, like non-canon stuff. It's actually very good. That reminds me, I need to watch Good Omens. I hear it's terrible. <laughs> I've heard a lot of no, bad things. I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, I've heard a lot of people complaining about it for whatever reason. Friend, uh, the, the biggest, yeah, the biggest complaint I've heard is that. Oh wait, have you heard about the the cancel uh, cancellation thing? Uh, what cancellation? Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's part oh, of okay. it. Do yeah. you know why? Uh, not specific, specifically now. All right, so <sighs> they're mad because the voiceover is. Of, of God as a woman. <laughs> of course. And they're mad that Adam and Eve are portrayed as black. <laughs> so they want Netflix to cancel Good Omens. Okay, I thought it was just also because they just didn't like that what they did to like no. the story, but apparently no, I was wrong. Is, but, I did not read the story. But they, want Netf but they want Netflix to cancel it. 
Quote, very funny. as the only black person on this stage, I would like to speak to the issue of race, Harris said. That's when she was attacked on Twitter by a conservative provocateur for not being a, quote, American black. This article is about birtherism being back for Kamala Harris. Yikes. Yikes. Ugh. Man, what the, what, why the, why the fuck are we dealing with this right now? Get, get your shit together, I'm America. I'm so sick of rob- people robbing American blacks like myself of our history. It's disgusting. Uh, oh! Two more, two more quick points about that, though. It's like, one, Netflix doesn't make good omens. Amazon Prime does. <laughs> I forgot And that. two, it's a miniseries, so it's already done filming, and it's completely finished. I think they just mean pull it at that point. So, like, pull it off of streaming. Yeah, but, but I love how... Um, I'm pulling it right now. Uh, like, uh, Amazon Prime reached out and said, uh, all right, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens. Uh, yeah, no, so. it, I actually just finished reading American Gods, which is uh, which is interesting. And my coworker's like, now good, read Good Omens so you can watch the show. And I'm just like, hmm, I think I'm good for now. Speaking of Good Omens, you can get in touch with us via Facebook at facebook.com slash lightxthrice. Do you guys have anything you would like to share with the listeners that's not about Good Omens? Hey, Good Omens is actually, the, the book is really good. I'm, I'm not Phil, kidding. Don't, I swear the to God, if you fantastic. make Good Omens your plug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, shout outs to, uh, to all of our fans in the Philippines that liked the Facebook page recently. <laughs> I wonder what caused that. I have no idea, but there's like, like we had like... I, I, I'm willing to bet that there was like some sort of search optimization for the abbreviation PHIL. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. That or we would just generally be more popular in the Philippines is the only place I've been shit on. Thanks yet. to me. <laughs> I mean, the downloads don't back that up, but like it's still Facebook likes. We are very we're becoming popular in the Philippines. We're going to be big there. <laughs> uh, These are my people. Uh huh. So yeah, listen to. The Listen Philippines to are no way, the, oh, it turns out the people in the Philippines just way into authoritarians riding around on motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so... country. Fuck. <laughs> I was just gonna let you, like, twist to the wind Damn on that one. <laughs> that would have been such a good joke. <laughs> Rip. Listen to uh, Boku No Stop. We, should, we are done recording Ava at this point, and we should have most of the episodes released, especially, uh... The rebuilds for patrons, go sign up for the Patreon, listen to the rebuilds, they're fun episodes. If they're not there, uh, tweet at Fletcher if you know what his Twitter handle is. It is at BustRider. Wow. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Bill? Let's see, uh, I stream sometimes at uh, twitch.tv slash redphoenix122. That's button like it's the fash. I have, I registered pun.zone and I gotta figure out what I want to do with it. Okay, you have like a month until Matt gets around to putting this out. <laughs> and you should read Good Omens. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast on the network, Magmar Sucks, where we stack rank Pokemon based on how interesting their Pokedex text is. And that's all until next time, when we'll be talking about from chapter five till whatever chapter the thing with Leviathan happens in. I think it's nine. Whatever. Fuck okay. <laughs> it. Whatever, whatever bankruptcy is. Hey, pay that's us chapter money. 11. Pay us money. Patreon.com slash pitch drought. Seriously, there's a lot of bankruptcy chapters. Fair enough. What? But it like everyone talks about chapter eleven specifically. It's the not one. if you're poor though. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> uh, keep politics out of our game podcast. Yeah, keep politics <laughs> out of this game about being royalty. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right. Peace out. Take it easy. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.